Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Altmed podcast. Your host here, Andrew Dowling, with me as always, my trusty co-host, Mitch Kurtz. In the very trusty. Yeah, very trusty. Certainly no hands near the steering wheel um, for today. Um, but uh, yeah, assuming his seat in the passenger. But no, along for the ride with us today, we have a special guest. We have... Well, there's many ways we could introduce her, but I think as a, at a broad level, we'll say medical cannabis scientist educator. It is none other than Charlene Mavor. Charlene, welcome to the show. Hi, lovely to be here. Great to have you with us. I, th- I think actually when we've been talking about having you on I, I, and some of the discussions we've had, I'm thinking, I don't know if we've necessarily had a guest on that can talk to so many aspects of how cannabis or hemp might be able to be used. And, and obviously our podcast has a little bit of a, a bent towards um, the medical application of, of cannabis. If, you know, people can probably tell that from the name of the podcast, which has med in it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> basically we can just expand that so much, I think, throughout this discussion in, in you know, talking to you about various applications but before we dive into the many exciting um things that you're involved with and the many hats that you have i'm just interested to know how your interest in cannabis was sparked and um yeah how you sort of got into this field absolutely so i guess it started back in 2016 um happened to be married to a pharmacist and uh we've always been I guess, really broad-minded and innovative in what we look at and what we like to do with our lives. And uh, he came across a meme that stated that cannabis was, um, you know, hadn't killed anybody and is less deadly than peanuts or something along those lines. And and we said to him, really? That's kind of strange. And he said, it's actually a lot of medical um, benefits in cannabis, so which we'd never heard of before. And uh, I said to him, that's actually super interesting. How, how do you think we can find out a bit more about this? And we were just in a time in, in our lives, we'd sold a business and we thought, well, what can we get into now? And um, I'll tell you what, Googling, five minutes of Googling uh, showed us that there was cannabis science conferences out there in the US and um, there was a whole field of medicine not in Australia yet, but out there in the US and Canada. And I, I guess it just really piqued our interest. And I said to him, well, I think we need to go over to the US and Canada and go to some of these conferences and talk to some researchers and find out about it. So that's kind of what we did. And it was around the same time that um, Lucy Haslam was legalizing and getting around the legalization of cannabis for medical use in Australia. Um, we didn't even know about that. That was kind of happening to one side and we were like, let's go and learn about kind of as a medicine ourselves. So we kind of came back in late 2016 with this uh, head full of cannabis medicine and we really wanted to be part of the movement to bring cannabis to Australia as a medicine and just get in there and um, start educating. And obviously we did find out that cannabis was legalised late uh, 2016 and that's kind of how it came about and we thought that we would start a charity and 
we would get together some educators and doctors around Australia that had been already researching and we um, we thought we need to educate doctors, obviously, because they're the, going to be the prescribers and nurses, of course, and, you know, even more importantly, patients, because obviously there's a lot of patients out there that did understand and were already using medicinal cannabis, but we wanted to get out to those that didn't know. So uh, we started running seminars around Australia and um, going state to state, city to city, and getting doctors and all of the early prescribers together. And that's kind of how we started our education. And we, um, we did record them, of course, so they're all available on YouTube for anyone to just jump on and watch. And uh, so that's how it all started. Um, I obviously, I'm a medical scientist, so really interested in research and I just absorbed so much knowledge around how it works in the body and the endocannabinoid system, receptors, you know, et cetera. Um, I had a very good background in immunology. So I guess that's probably my special interest as well. It was part of what I studied at uni. Um, I really always wanted to get into research myself too. So that has now eventuated. So I guess that's my story. Um, no, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's so much more than that, but um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of my stuff. And especially like the, the combination of, you know, your husband, the pharmacist um, and your knowledge in having studied microbiology and virology. Um, yeah. I, I think it's wonderful um, that you know that we had people in the early days really getting the industry the the sort of attention and um, you know that that it deserved um, and, and I imagine between the two of you you've both got a very good understanding of um, how cannabis can be used as a medicine and, and what it actually does in, in interacting with the body so uh, yeah maybe um, I'm just interested since you mentioned it the immunology background that you have um, what what are some of the insights that you've kind of gleaned over the years um, of being involved in the field in in that immunology context with medical cannabis yeah I, I guess um, I'm a big believer in the endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome so mm. the fact that we in cannabinoids and even the receptors in the body. And that plays a really big part in how our immune system works. Yeah. So I just found that fascinating. And, and we already know that so many patients have got some amazing benefits from especially CBD, but um, other cannabinoids as well, in just helping address some immune issues and even reverse a lot of immune diseases. Um, I think yeah, it's incredibly fascinating and we haven't even scratched the surface of the science and the research that is really needed to understand this fully, but we know it's working. Uh, I, I guess that, that for me is um, just amazing. And of mm. course, you know, cannabinoids have many more effects in so many other syndromes and illnesses in the body, including, you know, um, pain is obviously a huge component and a huge reason why people are using uh, cannabis. Yeah. Have you, and so in, in terms of then, I guess, yeah, anti-inflammatory. Um, so, you know, for very much people with uh, little to no <laughs> medical understanding whatsoever, basically when 
somebody, for example, has say arthritis, their body is that it's an autoimmune disease that is causing inflammation at obviously like a cellular level. Um, you know, how, how does, what does cannabis do? I mean, it's easy sort of said anti-inflammatory, but you know, how effective is it as compared with other types of anti-inflammatory medicines say? Yeah, well, um, we, we are getting amazing results um, and, and it's, you know, proving itself to be very effective, especially in cases where other anti-inflammatories or pain medications aren't working. Mm. Um, I guess, yeah, the, the, body, uh, the body has its own receptors for cannabinoids and its own receptors for other uh, drugs. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's in, it's in these cases cases obviously if people are getting good results from their own medication and um, they're not even seeking out cannabinoids but um, now don't ask me to explain it on a cellular level because I'm not a biologist no no but as you say it's and, and this is kind of the way the system was initially set up and I know approvals took a long time in those early days but really was for people if you're treatment resistant with whatever condition you have that you're trying to treat the point is that you know here is a an alternative medicine that's that's you know relatively very safe i mean harm profile is is virtually non-existent and you know you can actually try that but i yeah i want to actually so i just have a question about the charitable work as well so you know, I've, I've actually, I think I saw a photo of you with, you know, the likes of Olivia Newton-John and others. So <laughs> I don't know how active um, your role is at the, at the moment in, in all of that, but, um, but yeah, what, what has that been like to actually, you know, work with people of, you know, that kind of status and in, in influencing a conversation about medical cannabis? Is this, you know, kind of a space that um, that you're still um, involved in, or what, what's the current status of all that? I I've met a lot of people in my travels because you know the first medical conference I went to around cannabinoids uh, led to many many more. So we've we've had an opportunity to go to Israel, even Colombia, Canada, a number of a number of times, as well as quite a few different conferences in the US. So we did come across um, some celebrity influencers who, yeah, are used for their own um, benefit and getting great results. And um, it just, it's fantastic that they're willing to get out there and talk about it and how it's made a huge difference in their recovery. And for instance, Livy Newton-John, as you probably know, has had great results using cannabinoids to address her cancer symptoms. And in, in some ways, it seems to even um, kill cancer cells for her. She seems to have really recovered so well. And mm. as far as I know, she's in remission. And it's amazing. I'm right in saying that she's been through four bouts of cancer. So, wow. yeah, she's incredibly well. So, yeah, obviously, meeting those people is amazing. Um, I've had an opportunity to have an nice on chat to Tommy Chong even and oh, um, <laughs> celebrities like Fran Dreshner has um, her own cancer foundation and she's a really huge believer in using cannabinoids for 
cancer, you know, symptom relief. So yeah, it's it's been great. And but I kind of, I guess um, you meet them, but it's wonderful having the same passion to let people know about it. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Um, it's like you're starstruck, but you're also like, wow, we're kind of in the we don't we're here for the same reasons. So it's yeah. it's really great. Um, in terms of the charity work, yeah, we spent um, many years doing um, education, and um, and we were doing a lot of uh, webinars too. Once COVID hit, like as you do, and really important. Um, I guess my the people that I was working with have, have kind of evolved and are doing other things. So it kind of ended up just being me. <laughs> and it was kind of hard for me to do it on my own. So yeah. um, I kind of started, you know, about a year ago, delved into doing my own um, research. I'd, I've already been involved in a research project for about four years, working with some clinical psychologists here in Perth. And we're looking at um, addressing addiction with a, a CBD formulation and, and that's specifically methamphetamine. So wow. that's really exciting. So world first. Um, but I'm also working on my own project that I've written up the protocol for, and that's an observational study looking at um, musculoskeletal pain and using a, a particular cannabis formulation. So that, I've spent about a year working on that, and we're just about to start recruiting for that. Mm, and uh, what we're going to be doing, um, yeah, following about 100 patients on this formulation and getting them to fill out questionnaires to tell us how they're feeling in terms of their quality of life and their pain and their sleep and their anxiety and their depression. So that's going to be really exciting uh, to see, you know, what kind of results we're going to get. Obviously, we believe it will be positive because that's what we've been told from people who are taking it individually. But to get 100 people together and to kind of tabulate that data is going to be really great. And um, you can never have too much research done. You can't have too much data because this is what the doctors are wanting to know. They're wanting to have this proof. So, yeah, but doing that is really, really important for me. It's, um, it's kind of been a bit of a dream of mine to do that. Mm. You haven't had much downtime, if I might, might say, Charlene, <laughs> just one project to the, to the next. <laughs> no. If I, you know, a downtime in there with COVID hit and I was a bit like I have to tell you it was I was really quite depressed because I couldn't travel and we yeah. were doing so much and then um, I love going around city to city getting up there and talking about and just getting together the I call them the cannabis strain cannabis family together the researchers and the doctors and nurses who get up there and speak about it and not being able to get them together and see them and kind of share this passion um, it kind of hit me hard and um, Paul, my husband Paul said to me, you just need to reinvent yourself and start doing webinars. And I was kind of like, well, how do I get my head around that? So eventually we did and it was great. Um, but I guess, you know, like everyone and everything, you, you evolve over time and, and find new passions and new, go in new directions. Yeah, how I'm just curious, how difficult was that education? You know, speaking about webinars and the like, how difficult was that education piece for doctors in the early days? You know, right at the start, before doctors really even knew it was available. I mean, arguably, doctors still don't know it's fully available, but there are enough doctors now coming through that 
it's not uh, it's not completely impossible to find. How how was that education piece say right at the start for you? What um, what were some of the challenges you faced? Um, it, yeah, getting the word out there was really hard just to let them know to come. Um, I I just used social media as much as I possibly could. I was messaging doctors' pages, even doctor surgery. I was emailing. I was just trying to get as many people um, to know about as I could. But oh, you've probably heard this too, but so many patients had been going in and asking their doctor for it and the doctors were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't heard yeah. it. Um, it's been such a patient-driven medical revolution. Um, I guess, you know, doctors had been had patients asking and then I came along and I heard about us doing um, seminars and so that was kind of how we got them along. Um, I also reached out to medical schools and not only that, I, we... We've just got a big network of people around Australia who would let others know. But Facebook groups, um, we'd said to patients, tell, tell your doctors to come along. You know, share this with your doctors. If they've shown any interest whatsoever, let them know about mm. it and come along with it. Were you but at some I of the early... Uh, I was just going to ask about the United in Compassion. You mentioned Lucy Haslam before, um, such a wonderful person um, in the industry and, and someone we've had on, on this podcast but uh, yeah, did you sort of find as well that that was that one event where you could see everyone that was kind of beginning to create this industry um, and really, um, you know, push awareness towards it? Yeah, uh, for sure. But to be honest, um, I'd reached out to everybody who I possibly could already for that. So yeah. I guess I'd probably spoken to them, emailed them or something along those lines even before United in Compassion. But it was a great chance to meet even more people who were passionate about it. And, you know, we all come together. We're all drawn to each other anyway because we kind of, you know, obviously there's still some stigma around cannabis. So um, we kind of had to seek each other out. Yeah, it wasn't not being that. Yeah, you're right. Not not so easy, but better, much better now. Mm, interesting. And in terms of, are you able to share with us a little bit around the emerging data from some of the the studies you've been looking? I'm not sure if it's confidential or not, but is there anything you can share with us from some of the preliminary research you've done? Um, well, my my research is not really started yet, but um, I've pretty much examined what everyone else has been doing in the worldwide research but obviously we're getting amazing results of really positive data around pain um, of course um, everyone knows epilepsy that's the real heartstring um, yeah yeah one that uh, yeah definitely um so many conditions yeah. um, there's a lot going on um, research now with post-traumatic stress disorder mm. um the addiction one you mentioned before is interesting to me just because i mean yeah it's it's certainly i mean methamphetamine has been a problem um in sort of addiction medicine for for a long time and all around australia particularly in well in victoria seems to have become quite prevalent in some 
regional communities. I'm sure other states have, have that issue as well. But um, so w- with that particular trial, is, is the goal to kind of optimise a dose of, of CBD that effectively are you, is, is it designed to remove the, I guess, the come down effect? So when people are really battling addiction at their sort of their worst point, they're looking for, um, you know, their next fix. Like how, what's the, the design of, of that, that study like? So our main aim is to look at um, participants who have had a washout period of a week and see the, that first week of washout after you come off the drug, you, people are mainly just sleeping and, um, mm. you know, going on. It's a week later when the cravings start. That's what we're trying to address. So we start, we're going to start our regime at day seven yep. and uh, for three months. And we're trying to prevent the relapse. But not only are we trying to address that cravings, but we're also going to try to address their anxiety and their depression and any pain they're not feeling and their sleep. And we feel like if we can address those things that we're going to give them a really huge boost to be able to just get them get them away or get them get their craving level down really really low so that they can maintain you know their abstinence and and, i guess that that so okay so second week because uh yeah it's a totally an area i know nothing about how long does it take for someone do you have any any sense of how long it might take somebody to you know, recover from genuine physical dependency symptoms, you know, full, full on addiction to a, a substance like a, an amphetamine? Is this something that you could see potentially if there's a good response from a patient in that, that second week when it starts? Is it a medicine regime that would stay with them for, for quite some time after that? We hope so. Yeah. But um, I've on the addiction specialist if we can just get them to stay on the medication we're already winning yeah because the relapse is so high yeah really really high so if we can get them to stay on the medication stay in the trial for three months we've won yeah so i think at that stage um after you know three months of not using again in these obviously these people are people who want to stay clean they want to stay off so i think if we get to that point they should they should hopefully will stay off but i don't know i guess we haven't addressed whether they would need a maintenance dose for many more months or not we'll just see how we go with getting to the three-month period with them yeah definitely well that's um that's an exciting uh Exciting research topic. And I know you've got yet another project, which, uh, yeah, this is, this is totally left field. I don't actually know anyone else um, that we've spoken to in the industry or anything that's involved in hemp as a building material. Um, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, because we speak all about cannabis as medicine all the time, but I think we forget there's so many other uses for it. So I'm um, very keen to hear about the textile slash building material exactly yeah um so i came across hemp as a building material when um i was emceeing hemp health and innovation a few years back so obviously that is a bit of a broader um 
education event or, or it's actually an expo. So there was people there in the hemp foods industry, the hemp medications, um, hemp cosmetics, uh, sort of all things hemp really. And I came across this guy who got up and had talked to everybody about building with hemp. And um, he happened to come from the same state as me and live three hours south of me. And he was talking about it and I just thought, oh my God, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. And I was thinking, we, yeah, I need to build a house out of him. This is just insane. And yeah. how could it be, have so many properties, so many, you know, amazing properties. So I basically went back to Perth and um, I went down and south, well, it's, you know, southwest of WA um, and went to see him and went through some of his houses and just blown away by how beautiful the hemp looked, but also the qualities that hempcrete has as a building material. It's basically um, has got amazing thermal qualities. It, uh, it keeps heat in. It sequesters carbon. And, you know, that this is a big thing right now, um, you know, trying to be carbon neutral. It, um, it, you can't burn it. I've seen, like, blow torches on this material and it doesn't burn. Um, yeah. It's basically antibacterial, antifungal. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't grow mold. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, like, the, the, I mean, yeah, it's the carbon thing alone should be getting all of the governments around Australia talking. I saw as well when I was looking up, um, you know, the hemp home that, you know, this is a, a textile that has, I think it, Am I right in saying it's, you know, won awards for at HIA um, and things like that? Um, so even hey. the building industry associations or housing industry associations are starting to, to take note as well. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, but I guess um, not any builder can build with him. Creep, you really need to know what you're doing. It's a, it's a, you've got to be careful how it's formulated and how it's made. It's, it's very hands-on. I basically went to see my place today. So I guess, you know, going back, going back a bit, decided yeah. to build on together and got Gary Rogers from Hemp Homes Australia to build. And uh, we're at the stage now where we're half built and it's looking magnificent. So I went along today to have a look and I was there tamping down the hemp. So wow. basically, I'll let me describe what it is. So um, hemp creep is made from hemp herd. So hemp herd is um, part of the woody inner structure of the hemp plant. May, they mainly grow very, very tall hemp um, cultivars for this purpose. They'll strip away the outside of the stem, which is used as fibre. It's very fibrous. And inside is a very hard core. They chop it up quite fine, reasonably fine, um, kind of about, you know, half an inch long um, and then they mix it with lime and water and it sets like a limestone so I guess the easiest de description would be if you've ever seen a, a straw bale home it looks similar mm. it's like when you touch it it's actually quite hard although you'll see the little pieces of him in there but it is actually quite hard to the touch is it anything like so, like, um, like mud brick I guess kind of, but um, I mean, mud brick would be a lot smoother and you wouldn't have that um, texture, texture that mm. you um, create. Um, 
yeah so but it actually it looks quite um the color of it is beige and you can often get different colors in the beige and different striations through the walls i think i've sent you a few photos um it, it's actually on in its own right it looks really beautiful so what i'm hoping to do because i want people to see it i want people to look at it and see what it looks like i'm going to leave a wall in every room there as a feature mm -hmm. wall so people can understand see how it's made and look at it it also it almost looks a little bit like kind of limestoney in a way a little bit like it's got a that feel yeah yeah definitely because that yeah it's it's got a major component of lime in there so it's it's very simple it's um it is a proprietary lime formulation but right. it's, it's lime formulation mixed with water and just the little piece woody pieces of hemp mm. so it's so they're basically when that what they do they need to build a um like a timber framed structure and then they form up the walls so they'll have like boards and they'll um sort of a couple of meters high and then they'll pour the hemp mixture in camp it down but they mm. want to leave a fair um air in the middle portion because that's where you get your um i guess your thermal quality wow. so it's basically just you know, holding air in there and and um, to a degree it can breathe as well, especially if you leave it um, uh, leave it there internally, it'll basically breathe. So on yeah. the outside, obviously, we, we seal the outside. Yeah, it reminds me, I mean, obviously we know that it's been used in textiles for a long time, making, you know, hemp bags and, and things like this. And um, there's all the, the nice uh, conspiracy theories around... Um, you know, being killed by the rope industry and, and and different stories like or plastic industry rather, because it's it makes great rope and things like this um, and and the bags. But um, yeah, I'm curious. I, I I'd love to see it one day. It sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, it sounds like it's not just you know thermal, but it, it has a good thermal um, you know kind of quality. But it also looks quite aesthetic in a sense uh, i think it would feel like a very for those that like the more natural kind of feel or a little bit back to the uh the organic earth you know um feel which we're seeing a, you know a, a revival of i think these days after yeah, going so industrial. yeah you, you go charlene oh i was just gonna say I've, I've i've got another great passion and that is interior design <laughs> so i guess Build this house as a real showcase for hempcrete. Yeah, but this place is not going to look like your little cabin. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's going to be building up like a luxury. So mm -hmm. I want people to come stay and feel it and have an understanding of what it's like to actually live inside a home like this. So I'm hoping that we're going to get lots of people through. Um, Absolutely. So well, you've got to come down to WA, come over to WA, I should say, and come down south and uh, have an experience it for yourself, especially Absolutely. with a glass, nice glass. <laughs> oh, well, it's only, um, yeah, the location strategically in, uh, in and around the Margaret River wine regions. I, um, yeah, no, I couldn't think of anything. And actually, you know, it'd make a, you know, make a good building material for uh, for some of the the CBD bricks and mortar clinics that we're seeing all over the metropolitan uh, 
cities around Australia could have, um, you know, hemp made uh, clinics. Yeah, how um, come no one's done? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <This> exactly. Is... <laughs> In Margaret River, I'm wondering if you can do hemp wine. I don't even know if that's a thing. Probably um, not because it's not so enough sugar. I've had hemp wine. It didn't mm. taste that great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I can't imagine it would. But, I mean, it's used for you lots know, of yeah. other different foods. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, definitely hemp seeds um, are amazing in different things. And I'm sure you've had hemp beer, hemp-infused beer. Infused. I still haven't. Is it good? Okay, I, I need to try that. Well to the brewing process. Hmm. Um, a big love of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Me too. Well, I'll, I'll have to try that. Yeah. Vodka, yes. <laughs> yeah, gin as well. I mean, the terpenes in gin lends itself as well. Exactly, exactly. So, um, that so I, I guess like that is a kind of a segue into something else that I'm doing. Um, I'm quite heavily involved in is uh, hemp um, beverage, food and beverage business. So we. Um, to get myself together with a, another group of people um, and some investors. We've just uh, retrofitted a brewery in the Swan Valley, which is just outside Perth, basically within 30 minutes of Perth. And uh, we, we only opened last weekend, but we've got a range of hemp beers, a vodka, a gin, and, yeah, we're just having lots of fun with uh, working out what else we can infuse hemp into. <laughs> That's awesome. So, oh, wow. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, but um not only that, I, um we've got a massive wall which i was very instrumental in making sure we have a great big photo wall of a hemp crop um in the in the right in the middle of this brewery and um it's really beautiful yeah. so um i think we make one of the first places definitely in australia to have a massive commercial hemp wall um maybe maybe in the world don't know Wait, yeah, I've, I've not heard of this before and it actually sounds incredible. So I think, I think the message I'm getting, Mitch, is that we've got quite a few reasons to do a trip out west. Um, we also, you know, we've got a bit of a, a few few people we'd love to see over there. You know, Maddie Moore, Dr. Uh, Brian Walker. There's um, a few of our favourites in the industry. Um, I imagine as well having... Um, Maddie Shales. Oh, Shalesy! Yeah. yeah, shout out to some of that. We, you know, we've had Paul on the on the on the show as well. Yeah, Paul is oh. you know, what Stephen <laughs> Chalk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a lot over here in WA. I tell you, yeah. It's it's really busy, <laughs> and I, I'm guessing that um, you know having uh, Sophia and and Brian from the the Legalize Hemp um, or Cannabis Party. Yeah, it's nice that there's a good a good amount of political support for um for lots of different uh, industry initiatives over in WA. I don't I can't say it's necessarily the same here in in Victoria or even in in some of the other states. But um yeah, you guys are leading the way, so we're just going to have to um follow suit. I think. Yeah, um, I guess we are individual with individuals, but I wouldn't say our government is leading the way. But you know. We're getting there, and it's fantastic having Sophia and Brian just on Parliament floor talking about it, and they're forcing conversations with other politicians, which we love. We're just so proud of them, mm. and this is the way 
it's, it has to be from people like himself and people power. This is the only way that we change things. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get a lot more politicians like Brian and Sophia out there in the other states of Australia and, you know, we'll be doing our best to support them anyway. Totally. Well, we love your work. We love everything that's uh, that's happening over there and we will continue to keep a very keen eye on all of it and uh, and hope that one day we have cool things like hempcrete houses in Victoria that we can uh, show you around. But um, no, thanks so much, Charlene. It's been awesome chatting and, and just getting a, a flavour of all the exciting stuff that, um, that you've got on and, and have been involved with. Um, definitely one of the uh, the more central people um, in, in the industry. So we're, we're very grateful to have you on and, and to share your insights. And speaking on behalf of, of both Mitch and I, um, we will definitely be coming over to WA for a Margaret River adventure at some point in the not too distant future. I'll <laughs> host you and let me buy you a hippie for sure. <laughs> oh, that, I, I won't decline. Um, yeah, not going to have to twist our arm on that one. <laughs> yeah, no need at all. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Ali. We'll um we'll be in touch and yeah, until next time. Take care. Thanks so much, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Charlene.